My name is Robin Price. I have the privilege of serving here as the outreach pastor. And today we are kicking off a brand new sermon series called Nursery Songs. We're going to be revisiting some of the classic worship songs that children grow up singing in children's church and in Sunday school. Um, And to get us started today, I'm going to be talking to you about Deep and Wide. Do you all remember that one? Don't worry, I'm going to sing it for you. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. I can't pass up the opportunity to sing a children's church song. And with hand motions, exactly. And especially now that I have a little boy and I get to teach him all those classic Sunday school songs, it is the best thing ever. Um, So yeah, my husband and I do have a little boy. He just made 15 months. His name is Ezekiel, um, and he's our whole world. We love him. Um, But since I've only been a mom for a little over a year now, I do not have the audacity to come before you today and pretend like I'm going to give you parenting advice. (laughs) In fact, the longer I do this, the more I learn this is a learning on the go kind of job. However, I do have a message for you that I hope is encouraging to you um, because the, the fact is the role of mothers is a specialization in the calling of all believers. We are to be disciples who make disciples. Now, before we dig into today's content, I want to give a quick disclaimer. I'm well aware of who is on the other side of this camera. I know that there are moms with young children like myself. There are moms of newborns. There are moms of older children. um, And there are moms with empty nests. There are single moms. There are uh, stepmoms. There are grandmothers and great-grandmothers. I know that there are foster moms. There are moms who have adopted. There are moms who have stepped into this role on behalf of a child or a sibling because circumstances mandated that they do so. I know that there are moms who have lost a child. I know that there are moms who have miscarried, some of you more than once. I know that there are moms who have dreamed about carrying a baby, but you've never been able to conceive. I know that there are moms who long for a family, but they still have not met a husband. I know that there are sisters, there are aunts, there are friends that don't actually desire biological children, but who fit that role for their their friends' children, and they feel like their role is somehow seen as less than if they don't have their own. I don't know where you fit in on that spectrum, but this message is for you. God sees you. God knows your pain. He hears your prayers. He sees your struggle. And I hope that this message is encouraging for you today. God has called all of us to be mothers who walk in deep relationship with him and pass down a wide spiritual heritage to our children. So what does that look like? First of all, I want to talk to you about what it means to walk in deep relationship with God. Now, you might be wondering, why are we talking about this on Mother's Day? And I would answer by pointing you to Titus chapter 2. Now, in this letter, Paul is writing to a young pastor named Titus, um, and he is giving him instructions on what discipleship needs to look like, how older men and women need to be discipling younger men and women, how Titus himself needs to be teaching sound doctrine, and how he needs to be uh, setting an example of a life of integrity. And Paul writes to Titus in uh, chapter 2, verse 15, he says, proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority, and let no one disregard you. Now that phrase, let no one disregard you, in the original Greek, it implies more of a let no one look past you. 
And he was writing that to Titus because Titus was so young. He was a very young pastor. However, I think the application is there for moms as well. Obviously, we hope that our children will hear the gospel preached from a variety of sources throughout their lives, but let no one look past you. Let our children not look past you as their first source of an example of walking in deep relationship with God. Number one, God calls moms to an ongoing conversation with himself. God calls moms to walk in a deep prayer life. One of my favorite things about Ezekiel's stage of life right now is that he babbles constantly, constantly saying something, and 95% of it is completely incoherent. It doesn't make any sense. He's just saying stuff, and some of it's mama, dada, hi, hi, hi. Um, It's really, really cute, Um, but most of it I don't understand. And I do my best. I really, really try, Um, but, you know, he's expressing to me without any concern, without any embarrassment, exactly what he's thinking. All of his his joys, all of his excitement, all of his anxieties and fears and concerns, anything that he's thinking, he, he passes it on to me without any embarrassment or shame. And I think that that's a beautiful picture of how God wants us to be with him. He wants us to, to pass on to him all of our, our anxieties, all of our excitement, every little thought that passes through our mind. And even though when I'm trying to figure out what it is that Ezekiel's saying, I'm all ears. And God is all ears with us. But here's what I can tell you. God's not trying to figure out what what it is you're trying to say. He already knows our needs even before we ask. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says that we can cast all of our cares on him because he cares about us. And Hebrews 4, verse 16 is describing how Jesus has, uh, has gone through everything that we could ever go through. And in verse 16, it says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God calls moms to an ongoing conversation with himself. Number two, God calls moms to be rooted in his word. God calls moms to be rooted in his word. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. God wants us rooted and established in him. Why? Psalm chapter 119, verse 9 through 11 says, How can a young man or a woman keep their way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Being rooted in the word of God keeps us from sin. It keeps us living a life of integrity and purity, and it helps us to set that example for our children. One of my most consistent memories growing up, um, my mom homeschooled my brother and me, and one of my most consistent memories is, uh, is that uh, we would start our day, we would uh, start our schoolwork, and my mom would sit on her little couch and break open the Bible, and she would sit there while we did our schoolwork, and she would study God's Word. I remember that day after day after day after year after year of my entire growing up, my mom's consistency to stay in the Word of God. And I hope and I pray that when Ezekiel grows up, he has that kind of consistent memory of me as well. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, remain in me. My favorite translation actually says, abide in me, and I in you. 
And just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Skip down to verse 7. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. God is calling moms to walk in an ongoing conversation with himself and to stay rooted in his word. And as a result, number three, God calls moms to produce the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 23 says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the law is not against such things. How are you modeling this? Do your kids see you at peace or only ever stressed out? Are your kids, are they exposed to joy in your family or is there only conflict and chaos? How are you modeling patience and kindness when the grocery store is limiting how many of a certain item you can purchase at one time? These are, these are great questions to ask yourself. Do you have this fruit in your life? And hey, if you have it, do your kids know where it comes from? God calls moms to produce the fruit of the spirit. And then number four, God calls moms to make disciples. Uh, look at 2 Timothy chapter one. Paul is now writing to another young pastor named Timothy. And he says in verse five, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and then lived in your mother Eunice. And now I'm convinced is in you also. If you skip down to chapter three, verse 14 and 15, it says, but as for you, still talking to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you. You know that from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy was raised in the word of God. His mom and his grandma raised him in scripture. And now at the time of this letter, he was a pastor discipling others in holy scripture as well. This is a beautiful example of how we as moms are to be disciples, who raise disciples, who raise disciples. Let's look at our wide spiritual heritage. Merriam-Webster defines heritage as a legacy, an inheritance, a tradition, or a birthright. It's something that you're born into or something that you leave behind, but as Christ followers, our heritage is even more than that. Number one, our heritage is the depth of discipleship that we pass down to our children. Proverbs chapter 22, verse six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. If your child grows up watching you in an ongoing conversation with the Lord, being rooted in his word, producing the fruit of the spirit and making disciples, he won't be able to help it. That's part of his heritage now. He, his heritage will be the depth of discipleship that you raise him in. Number two, our heritage is the freedom we choose to walk in. Galatians chapter five, verse one says that it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. What does that mean? That means, mama, that if you grew up in an environment in a family controlled by substance abuse, your children don't have to. 
That means that if before you were a Christ follower, you were controlled by anger and violence, you don't have to pass that on. And mamas, I appeal to you today, enough is enough. We have a responsibility to say, I am not passing on racism, bigotry, oppression, and hatred. It ends with me. It ends with us. I'm not passing that on. That's not going to be the heritage for my children. Because we choose to walk in freedom, instead, our children's heritage will be justice, will be loving kindness, and it will be a celebration of the diversity in which God created all of us. That will be their heritage. Number three, our heritage is the spiritual lineage that has gone before us. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Faith Hall of Fame. It is full of snippets of stories that are scattered throughout scripture. Beautiful stories like Abraham and Sarah, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, and so many others. They're all kind of listed in, in that one chapter, snippet after snippet. Um, and this, this is our lineage. This is, it's full of the stories of people who are fully human, who made human mistakes, but who serve a faithful God who redeemed them and redeemed their story. And now we have them as this example to, to look to as an example of faith, an example of what to do and what not to do. A really great uh, spiritual lineage is there for us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 calls them our great cloud of witnesses. This is our, our spiritual ancestry that we can refer back to now that we are adopted into God's family. And speaking of family, number four, our heritage is the spiritual family that surrounds us. One of the most beautiful things about the gospel is that it creates a new family and heritage for us. If you look again at 2 Timothy, Paul introduces his letter by saying in verse two, to Timothy, my dearly loved son, Titus, he does the same thing in his letter to Titus. In verse 4, he says to Titus, my true son in our common faith. Paul was never married. Paul never had biological children. Yet he adopted both of these young men as his spiritual children. Likewise, in Romans chapter 16, verse 13, Paul is writing a benediction to the church at Rome. And he says to greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. I hope that this is encouraging to you. First-generation Christians, moms who don't have family nearby, there are older men and women right here in our church who have always wanted children and grandchildren. They've been waiting for you. This is why we stress the importance of being plugged into a small group, of being on a serve team. Maybe your spiritual mom is already there. She's waiting for you. Maybe your spiritual children are already praying for you. In addition to that, when you reach out in love, your spiritual children may not even know the Lord yet, but they may be people that you reach for Christ, that you disciple, and they will belong before they believe. Our spiritual family is part of our heritage. Psalm chapter 68, verse 5 and 6, it says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling, and he sets the lonely in families. He sets the lonely in families. God has called moms to walk in deep relationship with him and pass down our wide spiritual heritage to our children. I hope that this was encouraging for you. Pray over your children before they go to sleep at night. 
Start the day with a memory verse. Sing worship songs as lullabies. Hold your older children to a biblical standard of integrity and open your heart and your home to your spiritual family. Bow your heads right where you are. Ultimately, our heritage is in Christ. It's through him that we get to have a relationship with God. It's through him we are adopted into his family. Maybe you're watching today and you did not know that that was an option. You didn't know that you could be adopted into the family of God. Maybe you're not aware of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. God sent his son because he loved the world so much and he didn't want us to be separated from him. God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could walk in relationship with God. Maybe you're listening right now and you say, I'm not serving Jesus, but I want to. I want to be adopted into his family. If that's you, I wanna say a prayer with you and you can just repeat this prayer right where you are, repeat it right after me. I have some friends here in the auditorium who are gonna pray out loud in support of you. Um, so you can just pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue me from my sin. Thank you that I can walk in deep relationship with you. And that through you, I can be adopted into the family of God. Today, I acknowledge you as the Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for my sin. And that you rose from the dead. So that I could have a relationship with God. Help me to grow in my faith and my discipleship every day. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we want to let you know how excited we are for you. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life. We want to celebrate with you. We want to pray for you. And we want to answer your questions. So if you would take just a moment, you can click the link in the comments or you can comment the word saved right there in the comments and we'll reach out to you. We want just a little bit of information from you so that, again, we can be praying for you and so that we can best answer any questions that you have about your new life in Christ. Well, I wanna say a special prayer over moms right now. So once again, just bow your heads and let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you for every mom that is in this building and that is watching online. And I pray a blessing over all of them. Lord, I pray that each mom, that she would feel drawn to you like never before. I pray that you would give her a desire to spend time in your presence, to be rooted in your word, that as a result that you would produce fruit in her life and help her to raise disciples. Thank you, God, for the freedom that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to choose to walk in that freedom and that we get to decide what our heritage is that we leave for our children. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual family that you have placed in our lives. And I pray that you would give us a heart to open our lives, our families, our homes to our spiritual family around us. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for who you are. And I pray just again a blessing over every mom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.